Welcome to the Thriller Fiction Podcast, your source for gripping and twisty stories in a serialized format. And now, here's your host, Jim Heskett. It is a lovely day in Denver, Colorado, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it's a lovely day in Denver as I'm recording this. On the day that this is released, who knows? There could be a, a feet of snow. There could be um, a plague of locusts descending from the sky to take our firstborn. Uh, and I mean, if that's the case, then you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. You should probably be... I don't know, like seeking a spiritual advisor and making peace with your creator. Um, but I mean, that's just me. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Anyway, hey guys, welcome to the Thriller Fiction Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Heskett, and this is season two where we're reading Museum Attack. Today we're going to be getting into chapter 11. We're on the downward slope on to the end. And um, I'm not sure what else I really have to say Uh in the next episode, as it's coming around, I'm going to tell you guys a story at the top about where this novella came from, the genesis of how it came to be, and it's kind of an interesting story, um, but so I think we'll just go ahead and get into chapter 11. Jasmine huddled with the other non-white people next to the edge of the gift shop, a few feet away from the female white hostages. They stared at each other. She could see the looks on their faces, the terror lingering there. They knew being white and non-Jewish would not save them. Red and his people had taken several of them into the elevator, starting with the Jews and then moving on to the non-white men. Maybe ten in total. When the elevators returned, the guards were alone, said not a word about the hostages they'd taken upstairs, not about what they were doing up there, not a word about why the hostages hadn't returned with them. The helicopter outside buzzed the building again. Some of the hostages gazed longingly at it when it passed. When the first SWAT team members had arrived, some cheered. Jasmine knew better. She knew there was no way they would breach this museum building's barrier. Red's people had set up big steel barricades with three or four men behind each barricade, a solid ring of defense around the building, and Red had passed along a message that if they tear-gassed the building or sent smoke bombs through the windows, the hostages would die immediately. No one was going anywhere. Jasmine observed one of the SWAT team trucks parked close to a barrier, and the men behind that barrier, their weapons trained on it, a standoff, no one making any moves. And then, something happened. One of the SWAT team members poked his head up and an invader took a shot, smacked the SWAT guy in the chest. He stumbled backward into his buddies, must have been wearing a bulletproof vest or something. The other SWAT members waved their arms and pointed their weapons at the ground. They didn't want a full-on confrontation. And, just as quickly as it had started, the conflict outside fizzled. Any hope it might lead to SWAT storming the building ended there. Were the cops outside waiting for some master negotiator to arrive? There had to be something they could do to end this standoff while still keeping everyone safe. Because if the cops couldn't, then they would all die in here. Jasmine had watched Lane's large muscular frame dive through the garbage chute on the men's side of the room 15 minutes ago, maybe 20. 
It was hard to keep track of time since she didn't wear a watch and the guards had confiscated all the phones right after splitting them up by gender. There had been a few gunshots inside the building. No way to know if Lane had been on the wrong end of those blasts. Hard to imagine Lane doing anything to help their situation. He wasn't a Green Beret. He was just some beefy guy who liked Game of Thrones. Across the room, a white guy sitting among the privileged Caucasians vibrated. He was sweating and chewing on his thumbnail. He knelt and started bouncing up and down on his knees. Red sent another group up the elevator, and then he turned and frowned at the agitated white man. Something wrong, Red said from across the room. How long are you going to keep us here? Red slipped his walkie-talkie into a holster on his belt and strutted through the lobby. His footfalls were like gunshots on the tile. Big, smarmy grin on his face and hands on his hips. How long are we going to keep you here? Red said. The man nodded. Please, I have a family. Whatever it is you're doing upstairs, I don't have any problem with you. I have no association with these people. The man flicked his eye toward Jasmine and her non-white clique. Red followed the man's gaze and then dropped to a knee. He met the man's eyes, adopting a sympathetic expression on his face. Is that right? Yes, I'm not with them. I'm, I'm more like you. Red drew his pistol but kept it pointed at the ground. If that's true, then what are you doing in this museum with them and not on the front lines with us? Why are you begging for your life with the rest of these dogs? The man stared at the pistol, shaking. Please, please let me go. I want to go home. I'm here on my day off work and my wife and I are supposed to have date night tonight. Red tilted his head back and forth as if considering. Jasmine knew better. Red was toying with the poor man, torturing him. She could see on his face how much Red relished the act of holding this sad guy's life in his hands. Red stood up. Mm, I don't think so. And he turned to leave. The man's face transformed into a rage. Teeth bared, eyes wide, he leaped from his spot. He reached out to grab Red's gun. He missed, and his arms tried to wrap around Red's legs. The attacker bumped into a statue, making it rock on the pedestal. Red scurried out of the way, drove his boot down on the man's head, slamming his face into the floor. Jasmine heard the crack from her spot next to the gift shop. This is how you act, Red said. You don't get what you want, so you behave like a petulant child. The man raised his head, blood smearing his lips. He opened his mouth to speak, but Red didn't let him. He aimed the pistol and pressed the trigger, blasting a hole in the top of the man's head. Blood sprayed as chunks of his skull ejected in several directions. Little splatters settled on the ground around them, turning the area polka-dotted. People around the room screamed, pulled close to each other, huddling like animals. For a few seconds, the entire room went silent. Outside, the terrorists behind their barricades didn't even turn around to check it out. They sat, silent, keeping the SWAT teams at bay. Red holstered his pistol and wiped his sleeve across his face, smearing the spots of blood on his forehead. He let out a little, quick chirp of a chuckle. Well, I really hope that was the last outburst we're going to have to endure today. Red opened his mouth to say something else, and then paused. He eyed Jasmine, his brow scrunched. Then, his eyes traveled from her over to the group of men. He pursed his lips, curiosity in his eyes as he inventoried them. Her heart pounded. She could almost see the realization developing in his mind. Red strolled closer to the men, counting them off with a pointed finger. He gazed back at Jasmine and then again at the male group. A sneer cracked his lips. Hands on hips, he strutted over toward her. 
We're missing one, Red said. Where's the white guy you came in here with? The sandy-haired bodybuilder type with the tattoos all over his arms. Jasmine shrugged. I don't know. Her own voice sounded meek in her ears. Red clicked his tongue a few times, shaking his head. He lifted the walkie-talkie and said something in German as he marched away. All right, friend, that is our chapter for this week, or not this week, because you're not going to have to wait a whole week, and if you're listening to this later, you could just go ahead and listen to the next one right away, and you're like, week, psh, whatever, guy, I'm going to listen to it right now, and I hope you do listen to it right now. The next one is going to be chapter 12, and it's awesome, also because I'm going to tell the story about how Museum Attack came to be, and it's, it's a tale of intrigue and suspense. A tale of betrayal and seduction. No, it's not any of those things. Um, there's zero seduction and zero betrayal involved. Anyway, um, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, you in particular. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Um, all right, everybody, have a good one and be good to each other. That's it for this episode of the Thriller Fiction Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and visit jimheskett.com for more info and free thriller books.